0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch, coming up on this Monday edition. Indeed, this is genocide. The elimination of the whole nation and the people. We are the citizens of Ukraine. We have more than 100 nationalities. This is about the destruction and extermination of all these nationalities. Was Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky on CBS Face the Nation yesterday? The AP has reported that the bodies of 410 civilians were found in towns around Kiev. Some lying in the streets, others in shallow graves. Some with their hands tied behind their backs. With sanctions having failed to stop Putin's war on Ukraine and the Russian ruble rebounding, what can the U.S. do? Will other actions be taken? We'll talk about it. Also, is the magic gone from the magical kingdom of Disney?
2: Last summer, we, we removed all of the um, gendered greetings in relationship to our live feels, So we no longer
0: say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, we, we've trained we, we've provided training for all of our, our cast members in, in relationship to that. So now they know it's it's hello everyone or hello friends.
1: That was Vivian Ware, Disney's diversity and inclusion manager. Opposition to the entertainment giant giant is growing as more is discovered about Disney's far left agenda targeting children. The problem for Disney is that they enjoy special considerations from the state of Florida and from the U.S. Congress, which may now be in jeopardy. Could this be the tipping point with woke corporate America and the Republican Party? We'll talk in just a moment of Florida Congressman Greg Stubbe. And
0: this is a scary situation, and it's just getting scarier by the day because this administration will not enact policy that will allow us to
3: protect the border.
1: That was Brandon Judd, president of the Border Patrol Council yesterday. On Friday, the Biden administration announced the lifting of the Title 24 restrictions we discussed last week. The pandemic-based health provisions have kept over a million illegal immigrants from entering the U.S. Three states have already filed suit against the Biden administration's reversal of the policy. We'll talk with Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, who is leading the lawsuit. And did last week's showcasing of Bruce Caitlyn Jenner by Fox News mark the end of the once conservative news giant? Dr. Michael Brown says, yes, Fox has lost its voice and sold its soul. Michael Brown joins me later. And you've probably heard the phrase deconstructing evangelicalism. The phrase is primarily from those who have now left the faith. But what does it mean and why is it happening? Dr. Owen Strand Joins me for that conversation later here on Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you miss anything, it's all right there at TonyPerkins.com. By the way, if you'd like to join our petition of thanks to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and State Representative Joe Harding, the author of the Parental Rights in Education Bill in Florida, go to frcaction.org slash protectourkids. That's frcaction.org slash protectourkids or Simply go to Tonyperkins.com and follow the links over. Our verse for today, coming from our stand on the Word Bible reading plan, is Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9. Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and to your children's children. This is why the battle rages over education in this country. And it is why we must take our God-given responsibility serious. God makes clear parents must teach their children who God is, what he has done, and what he expects of us. And that is not happening in our schools, in entertainment, and frankly, it's often not happening in our churches. So moms, dads, grandparents, and young people who want to follow Jesus, I invite you to join us in our two-year Bible reading plan. Go to frc.org Bible. I also invite you to join me each morning at 8.44 a.m. Eastern Time for a daily devotional based upon our Bible reading plan. You can find it either at TonyPerkins.com or on my Facebook page. Recent images from Ukraine paint a gruesome picture of atrocities perpetrated by Russians in their invasion. While the Ukrainian army continues to exceed expectations in battling the Russian invaders, the sanctions backed by NATO countries have failed to stop Putin's advance.
3: The Ukrainian military, the Ukrainian volunteers that are fighting this war have shown their bravery, their tenacity, uh, again, backed up by the
1: generosity of the U.S. and our allies. But I think we have to be very clear, I think there's a lot of evidence that Putin is simply taking his troops out of the northern part of the country to redeploy them to the eastern part of the country, to relaunch a battle there. So I think there have been victories for the Ukrainians so far, but this war, sadly, is far from over. That was White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain. Joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Greg Stubbe. He represents the 17th Congressional District of Florida. He serves on the House Foreign Affairs Committee and the House Judiciary Committee. Congressman Stubbe, welcome back to the program.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to see you.
1: Like all of us, I'm sure you are horrified by the latest images from Ukraine. The the sanctions have failed to put a stop to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. What, if anything, can the United States and our allies do uh, to put the uh, the brakes on this invasion?
4: Well, we need to put real sanctions, and we should have done that a lot sooner than we did. Uh, and the challenge is, is and I, and I know it's not directly related to Ukraine, but it is related in the sense that the Russians will be able to avoid all of these Western sanctions because this Biden administration is using the Russians and the Chinese— to negotiate a deal with the Iranians. And if that deal is negotiated and entered into, it is a way that Putin and the Russians can avoid all of these Western sanctions that are that are inhibiting them right now and go through the Iranians to get what they need. And they're using the Chinese to be able to buffer them economically. So until we start sanctioning those other countries who are assisting Russia, uh, it's not gonna be as much of an impact on them economically as it should be. Uh, we said a long time ago that we should have put a sanctions on them in 2014 when they invaded Crimea. The Obama-Biden administration did not do that. We should have put sanctions on as soon as the Russians put were, were board, getting on the border of the Ukraine. This administration didn't do that. And now they're uh, the Russians are being able to avoid all these sanctions by getting buffered economically from the Chinese. And now if this deal goes through with the Iranians, we'll be able to completely avoid sanctions by going through the Iranians.
1: Yeah, that, that's what's what's so amazing about this. The Biden administration is actually sitting on the same side of the table with the Russians in in this Iran nuclear deal. And, and you're right, as we've seen, the the ruble has bounced back in part, I think, bolstered by the Chinese. But the Ukrainian forces have exceeded what many thought was possible in pushing the Russian army back from the western portion of the country. Now, some say they're just regrouping to go onto the eastern part, but. Does this have implications for Putin, and could it bring about a possible peace agreement?
4: I think it definitely has implications. As long as the Iranians keep fighting at the level and the, and, and the veracity in which they're fighting, um, and as long as countries like the United States and other countries in NATO allies are sending them the weapons and defensive type of things, then they need to be able to defend themselves and, and be aggressive in their defense of their country and move the ball forward as far as pushing Russia back into Russian territory. So it absolutely is something that the, the NATO allies and the United States needs to be involved in and allowing them and having the weapons to be able to defend themselves. And you're seeing a, a, a true turning of the tide. Um, a lot of these Russian troops only had five days worth of gasoline, fuel, and food. And it's because they believed that they could get all the way to Kiev in five days. It's been over a month now and they haven't even made it there and they're retreating from Kiev. So that shows you the resiliency in the fight of the Ukrainian people. And as we see these pictures of the horrific things that the Russians have done, we absolutely need to stand together as not just a country, but as a world against the atrocities that the Russian troops are, are committing against the Ukrainian people.
1: Let me let me just very quickly address that point where we are we, we don't have to wait until months, years after this to look at the evidence, the evidence we're seeing in real time President Walensky calling this genocide. Now, that's a that's a technical definition. I'm not sure that this meets that definition, but certainly war crimes have been committed. Is there a red line that we should say they can't cross without bringing the rest of the world into this, this situation more directly?
4: Yeah, and that's a challenge I think a lot of leaders face. Look, I, I don't support sending troops on the ground in Ukraine. I don't support our airmen in our fighter jets fighting in Ukraine. But at some point when you see these images and you know that that civilians are being intentionally targeted, targeted, it certainly makes you think twice about At what point are the other nations in Europe going to engage to simply support the human rights and the people, uh, the innocent lives that are dying in Ukraine, and at least push the Russians back into their own territory? Uh, Certainly something that people are going to have to continue to have conversations about. Um, I don't currently support troops on the ground there. I don't support doing airstrikes there, but I certainly support giving the Ukrainians all of the things and weapons that they need to be able to defend themselves. And I think that the European neighbors that are right there should be doing more to help them and push back because obviously geographically it affects them in in western europe a lot more than it does us
1: i agree 100 we should be encouraged them and supporting them to take uh, more direct action switching gears you've been a bold supporter for your state's recent parental rights and education bill and are stepping up now to criticize disney's attempt to placate the left by criticizing this bill given all of the benefits that disney gets i mean they they have their own uh, entity there. They're able to pass their own laws there at uh, the the wonderful world of Disney. They have tax breaks. Uh, they get special considerations from Congress. Is Disney skating on thin ice?
4: I absolutely think they do. And thankfully, we have a governor in Florida who's not uh, just going to go along with what the establishment says and go along to get along and is actually going to fight for the people and what the people believe in. I had a conversation with Spencer Roach, who's one of the people that have talked about that piece of legislation and whatever I can do to support them as they move forward in, in that piece of legislation at the state level. And we will absolutely be looking at things at the federal level. If there are specific tax breaks for amusement parks and those sort of things, uh, ab- absolutely, I agree with Governor DeSantis in the fact that private businesses should not be getting privileges and special treatment by the government. They all should be treated the same. And certainly when they're pr- projecting their own political ideology on the American people, the government certainly shouldn't be giving them privileges.
1: I mean, I think we are at a tipping point with woke corporate America pushing their liberal social agenda. I mean, it's not even liberal. It's a leftist, far left social agenda, but they are consistently looking to conservative re- Republicans to give them favorable economic benefits. When will they wake up and realize they can't have it both ways?
4: Yeah, that day has come to an end. Uh, Certainly for me, I can speak for myself there. When your 11-year-old son is watching the latest Disney movie on the Disney Channel and comes up to you and says that he watched two little boys kiss each other, and obviously that's not what a family values that we have in our family, and you have to have a discussion about that, which is why I personally canceled Hulu and personally canceled the Disney Channel, and I encourage Other people that don't abide by this woke ideology and infecting our children with sexual identity and gender identity, all the sexualization that is occurring uh, in in those type of segments and shows and movies. It's time for the American people to stand up. It's time for parents to stand up who have the right to to teach those type of things and have those type of conversations with their kids, not see it in a movie from Disney.
1: Well said. Uh, Could not agree more. Congressman Greg Stubbe, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, and folks, uh, I encourage you to send a note of thanks to Governor DeSantis and State Representative Joe Harding, who has led the effort on the parental rights and education bill. They're being attacked, but they're standing firm. Go to TonyPerkins.com and sign that petition of thanks. We need more legislators and leaders willing to stand up to woke corporate America. I think we're at a tipping point. All right, coming up next, the Biden administration announcing on Friday, the lifting of the Title 24 pandemic restrictions at the border. How will it affect the existing crisis at the border? We'll talk with Arizona Attorney General Mark Bernovich, who has filed suit to stop the policy reversal. That's next, don't go away.
5: Are you struggling to spend consistent time in God's word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading with an intentional focus of diving deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues. By studying the Bible, we can see the grandeur of God unfold throughout the past. The Stand on the Word reading plan takes you through daily Scripture in an engaging manner to help you stay grounded in God's truth. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you every Sunday with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org slash Bible. With the current division and confusion of our culture, It is so important for Christians to root ourselves in the truth of God's Word so that we are prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. For this purpose, Family Research Council launched the Center for Biblical Worldview. The center applies the Bible and the historical teachings of the Church to current issues. This helps Christians understand and live by a biblical worldview, know why Scripture must be authoritative, and equips believers to advance and defend the faith in workplaces, schools,
6: to six seven seven
1: four two welcome back to Washington watch I'm your host Tony Perkins so good to have you with us remember the website tonyperkins.com right the biden administration announced on friday that they will lift the title 42 restrictions that have enabled the border patrol to turn back illegal immigrants at the southern border the change will be effective may 23rd as a result three states arizona missouri and louisiana have already filed a lawsuit to stop president biden from ending the public health order the policy was originally implemented by the trump administration in response to the covid 19 pandemic and has remained partially in place. The lawsuit argues ending Title 42 was done unlawfully and will have devastating impacts upon various states. Joining me now to discuss this lawsuit and the many consequences if Title 42 is rescinded is Arizona Attorney General Mark Bernevich. Uh General, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Tony, once again for having me. All right. The lifting of this that they're proposing to take place or they're saying is going to take place on May 23rd is all but inviting a self-inflicted crisis at the border on top of what already is taking place.
7: Yeah, Tony, it is essentially throwing gasoline on a fire. Uh, The reality is, is that not only Arizona and other border states are feeling this impact. We know that there's a record amount of, of fentanyl and methamphetamine flowing into our country. And the cartels make money, not only off those drugs, but off people being smuggled across here. And it is estimated that if Title 42 is rescinded, more than 500,000 people, in addition to the people already illegally crossing, will cross into this country illegally. I mean, that's literally like the population of you know, Kansas City, Missouri, or Baltimore, Maryland, coming across in one month. I mean, it is overwhelming you know, the social systems. It's quite frankly, making our country more dangerous. And it's just unfair to hardworking American taxpayers.
1: General uh, Homeland Security, the Department of Homeland Security, has acknowledged that there will be an increase of those coming across the border uh, illegally, trying to cross the the border, um, and they're calling for a whole of government response. But haven't we heard that before? Yeah, the the whole
7: the whole of government response for the Biden administration is essentially not only to abolish ICE, but to abolish our Southern border. I mean, it is a catastrophe. Uh, We know we've seen a record amount of people, more than 2 million just in the last year. We're seeing a record amount of gotaways. We know people from the terror watch list have been apprehended. We just won a case uh, about a week and a half ago in federal court trying to force the Biden administration to deport people deportation orders. There's more than a million people deportation orders, Tony. And what's happening now is people charged with serious crimes, convicted of serious crimes, are just being released into our community. It's making all of our lives more dangerous. I mean, literally, the Democratic Party has gotten so left, we've gone in 50 years from John F. Kennedy wanting to to put a man on the moon to to Joe Biden wanting to put a felon in everyone's neighborhood.
1: The reality is Title 42 was a pandemic response because of the coronavirus and trying to restrict the, the flow across the border. But it was an effective tool to cut down on this massive flow of Ill- illegal immigrants across the border. The changing of this is in keeping with what this administration has pursued in terms of their immigration policy. This just allows the floodgates to open, if I'm looking at it correctly.
7: Yeah, Tony, it's been estimated that uh, this the Title 42 was used more than 1.7 million times. So, you know, we're talking about essentially doubling the amount of people that are legally entering the country. And, you know, once again, this is not a humane policy. It's an insane policy. And what the Biden administration doing is, quite frankly, you know, undermining the rule of law. And that's why so many immigrants want to come here is because America is all about the rule of law and they're undermining it. And so he is essentially decriminalized by not having any consequences with illegal immigration and not deporting people deportation owners. And now he's essentially incentivizing. And whether that's through welfare benefits, or whether that's essentially saying that there's going to be nothing to stop you, we will see more people break the law and illegally enter our country. The cartels are going to make more money and more Americans are going to die as a result of these failed border policies.
1: Now, that's their overall border policy. It is a, a violation of the rule of law. But in particular, the the government operates by procedures so that when they change rules like this, there's a process by which it is changed. I think in your lawsuit, you argue that this is they're going about it in a, an unlawful manner.
7: Yeah, it's a very similar argument to the one I made at the Supreme Court you know, uh, a month and a half ago, that if the Biden administration wants to change a policy, they have to follow the law and the Administrative Procedures Act in doing so. I mean, after all, he's not a king, he's not a dictator. And it's one of the reasons why I also sued him over, I think last time we talked about his unconstitutional vaccine mandate. So the president and the progressive left I mean, you know, they are essentially trying to socialize the economy and centralize power in Washington, D.C., and I think part of that, part of that strategy, Tony, is to overwhelm the system and to have a bunch of people whose first act in coming to the United States is something illegal, and then essentially make them dependent on a central authority. And so, you know, whether one disagrees or agrees with immigration policy, at the end of the day... The rule of law has to mean something. And that means that even the president of the United States has to do things the legal and right way.
1: So, General Brnovich, let me ask you this. According to the CDC and the Biden administration, the pandemic is over at the border. And so people can cross freely illegally into the, the country. But yet here as Americans, we're still forced to wear masks when we fly. They're still forcing members of our military to get a vaccination against their will or they're being pushed out of the military. How can they have it both ways? Well, you know, the progressive
7: left, the neo-Marxists, um, it's, it's not about intellectual consistency. There is a, a lot of hypocrisy. And that is because for the left, for the far left, for the neo Marxists, the ends justifies the means. And so this is all an attempt that we've seen this from the left for years now, trying to undermine families, trying to undermine law enforcement, trying to undermine our religious institutions. And now they are trying to overwhelm the system and make more and more people dependent on the federal government. And when you talk about, you know, vaccine mandates and you talk about mask mandates, to me, that's all about essentially having people become dependent on the federal government, let them know when it's safe and not safe. And the reality is, is that um, a lot of what the Biden administration was doing was unconstitutional. And it really is a sad irony that one of the only tools working to stop even more legal, illegal immigration is now going to be tossed aside by the Biden administration.
1: Yeah, it is amazing, that double standard. General Burnovich, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us here on Washington Watch today. All right, folks, stay with us. Coming up, has Fox News completed their evolution to MSNBC Lite? My next guest says Fox News has lost its voice and sold its soul. Why? Dr. Michael Brown joins me next. Stay tuned.
2: What is religious liberty and why should you care about it? Simply put, religious liberty is the freedom to choose your religious beliefs and to live according to those beliefs.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Fox News announced last week it has hired Caitlyn Jenner as an on-air contributor. A move that may have shocked some people, but not uh, surprising to many of us who have watched the evolution of the organization. Yet despite this hiring, the human rights campaign recently made a public show of criticizing Fox as a desirable workplace for LGBT employees. The reason for this criticism? Well, Fox accurate coverage of the parental rights and education bill recent, that recently passed in Florida. You know, as we know, only total acquiescence will appease the radical left. So why is Fox News trying to placate this group? And what will the result Joining me now to discuss this and more is Dr. Michael Brown, host of the nationally syndicated Line of Fire radio program and author of Revival or We Die, A Great Awakening is Our Only Hope. Dr. Brown, welcome to Washington Watch. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Well, you have uh, a recent article with the provocative headline, Christian Conservatives, You Cannot Put Your Faith in Fox News. Um, Not news to some of us, but what... the turning point what was the tipping point
3: here well it's obviously been getting clearer and clearer for years now on many fronts but but the fact that fox hired jenner the fact that the the ceo of of fox suzanne scott referred to jenner's illustrious career said she is an inspiration to us all and she is a trailblazer in the lgbtq plus community those are exact quotes that that tells me that Fox has lost its moral backbone. It may be fiscally conservative in certain ways, politically conservative, but it's not morally conservative. Jenner, in a previous interview on Sean Hannity, which should have told us enough when Jenner was running for governor, said, "I I wanna be a role model to trans youth. We're fighting for the lives of kids who are confused about these things. We've been pushing for many years against an agenda that we recognize as the principal threat to freedom of religion, speech, and conscience in America. And now Fox hires a transgender icon as a contributor. Jenner is not our enemy. We pray for Jenner like anyone else. But this is a massive compromise, a massive misstep.
1: They're trying to thread this needle, saying we can embrace transgenderism. But at the same time, we can say, well, not so much in sports because that's unfair. I mean, but once you move down this path, there's no consistency because you're not tethered to truth any longer.
3: Exactly. Male and female, he created them. is not just biblical truth, it's biological truth. That's the reality. There are only two sexes. and, And no amount of plastic surgery can turn a biological male into a female or vice versa. So once you accept the proposition that Bruce Jenner is she and that she is a role model for youth, you've completely defeated yourself. So fine, it's not fair that Leah Thomas completes against biological women. But it's not just a matter of fairness, it's a matter of reality. This would be like saying in the days of abolition, here is a humane slave trader, we're gonna work with him for the cause of abolition. You can't do it, you're undercutting yourself in the process.
1: So, Dr. Brown, what can we make of the human rights campaign criticizing Fox? And look, they have we've been watching this for about a decade, how they've uh, Fox has snuggled up to the human rights campaign, uh, appeasing the whole LGBTQ community. But we see the human rights campaign criticizing them because they simply reported fairly on what has been happening in Florida over this parental rights law. What do we make of this?
3: It's exactly what you said. It's all or nothing at all. Uh, the whole idea that you can appease, it's not going to work. It's like the old Winston Churchill quote, appeasement is like feeding a crocodile and hoping that it will eat you last. So, so look, it's understood that certain fundamental moral values, parental values, biblical values are the ultimate obstacle to the goals of LGBT activism. That's been known and seen for decades now. It's been openly expressed. So as long as you show solidarity, with any moral cause that is against the current talking points of gay activists and their allies, you are now an enemy. And and, and everyone that thinks we can just meet in the middle, it will not work. Right. Just like for followers of Jesus, we hold to certain convictions. We live by them. Activists on the other side have their convictions, and they're not budging an inch.
1: Yeah, there, there is no middle ground here. And as Christians, we really can't drink from a contaminated well of information so where should christians turn for a biblical worldview
3: well they should go to places like tonyperkins.com and askdrbrown.org in other words don't expect secular news even if it shares some of your political values don't accept secular news to do the biblical work for you in point of fact if we don't tether our morals to biblical foundations and christian values they will shift with the culture and we will keep going in the wrong direction and then let's ask our preachers our biblical teachers our pastors make sure you do a good job of educating your people because this is the world that we live in we can't avoid this because our kids are getting exposed to this in pre-k that's why there's such an uproar. Don't talk about homosexuality or sexuality in general to kids in kindergarten. And there's an uproar and Disney is up in arms over this and Florida is being demonized for it. That's how far things have come. Preachers, teachers, pastors, leaders. Let's do an even better job.
1: Right. This is not just another campaign of the quote unquote culture war. This is an acute crisis that has descended upon our Country and our culture as a whole, Western civilization. Dr. Michael Brown, always great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today.
3: Thanks for the great work. I appreciate it.
1: All right. Uh, you find out more about Dr. Brown. Go to TonyPerkins.com. Follow the links over. Coming up, a conversation about the deconstruction of evangelical Christianity. We hear we hear a lot about this. What does it mean? What's behind all this? You'll want to miss this conversation with Dr. Owen Strand. That's next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away.
3: A lot more to go.
8: Do you want to be able to stay up to date on conservative news? Are you looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged? Then download Family Research Council Stand Firm app. by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the app store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app.
2: What is religious liberty and why should you care about it? Simply put, religious liberty is the freedom to choose your religious beliefs and to live according to those beliefs.
9: Visit frc.org slash internships to apply.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Again, if you'd like to uh, sign a petition of thanks, pledging to stand with uh, Governor DeSantis and State Representative Joe Harding, who was the author of the parental rights and education bill there in Florida, they're standing up against Disney, which really is at the tip of the spear when you look at this woke corporate America and what is happening. And Quite frankly, I'm I'm encouraged by this because people are saying enough is enough. These corporations have been using their power and their clout and their money to push people around, and now they're kind of being exposed, the curtains being pulled back, and we realize Of course, I've known this from my time in government, but they get all kinds of benefits, tax breaks, and and Disney, um, really total self-autonomy there where they're set up, unrestrained by the local government. They can do whatever they want. And so they're putting all that on jeopardy by by embracing this leftist agenda that is targeting and even grooming our children. So uh, sign this petition, this pledge of support, Go to Tony dot com and um, you can send that to him. We're going to send that on to uh, Governor DeSantis and Representative Harding. They need to hear from you when you get when you get. I know we're, we're, we're quick sometimes to communicate our. Anger or our frustration with those who are doing the wrong thing, but we need to be just as quick to affirm those who are doing the right thing, because I'm telling you, they're getting pounded from other quarters. So stand with them. Go to TonyPerkins.com. Well, in some progressive Christian circles, talk of deconstructing evangelicalism, or even Christianity itself, is a growing topic. You've probably heard of it. But what often begins as questions at the margins of some denominational concern— often ends at the crossroads for questioning the sufficiency of Scripture as a guiding light for our faith and for our lives. How did many Christians, even Christian leaders, find themselves in a position where proudly deconstructing their faith seemed tenable, and it is celebrated in the media? And how should the rest of us respond? Well, joining me now to talk about this is Dr. Owen Strand. Senior Fellow with FRC Center for Biblical Worldview and author of Christianity and Wokeness, How the Social Justice Movement is Hijacking the Gospel and the Way to Stop It. Owen, welcome back to Washington Watch.
0: Thank you so much, Tony. Great to be back with you.
1: Let's start with definitions. I know the term deconstruction is used in various ways, but I want to talk about it from the standpoint of those who have used the, the term as a jettisoned biblical truth, and became progressive evangelicals, or even left the faith altogether, becoming agnostic or even atheist. So let's begin with definitions. Define it for us.
0: Yeah, basically, when you talk about deconstruction, you begin with construction. And so according to Relevant Magazine and other sources that have written about this, with the construction phase, that's when you're building the tenets of your faith. You're coming to understand the core ideas and practices of Christianity. In the deconstruction phase, that is when you're challenging what you have been. Taught. So put positively by many deconstructionists, deconstruction is actually something good, where you basically stop uh, just receiving what you have been taught in Sunday school and from your parents, and now you start to question it and ask what is really true. And then what emerges from this kind of synthetic process is an authentic faith that is stripped away of uh, you know Americanism and cosmopolitanism and uh, imperialism, and what results is a, is a faith that is really a, a tested faith that is still biblical, according to deconstructionists. We can debate that very much, uh, but nonetheless is not cultural in a harmful way. That's what deconstructionists say they are about.
1: Okay, You're the professor, okay? And so you you correct me, professor, if if I'm wrong, but what I see of this current deconstructionist movement in the evangelical world, at its core, is this not an attack on transcendent truth and the authoritative Word of God?
0: It definitely is. That's the right way to understand it. And put the way it just was by yours very truly— deconstruction, according to Relevant or other sources like that, can sound relatively harmless, like deconstruction is really just you trying to think for yourself about what really is true from Scripture. That doesn't sound that bad and wouldn't have to necessarily be that bad. What deconstruction often ends up being, though, is an on-ramp to leftism from both an evangelical Uh, approach and a political approach. In other words, deconstruction gives you license to doubt the Christian faith, to doubt the Word of God, and to really turn your back on your parents' generation in many cases, and the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ more broadly. That's how it ends up playing out. So deconstructionist authors are not really people who are trying to guide you into a more sure biblical faith. In so many cases, Cases and case after case, they're the ones who are telling you much what the culture is telling you, but with a religious spin, that your parents' church isn't woke enough, that you're in- inherently a racist, uh, that you need to be less certain in your faith, that there are at the very least many different angles to Jesus and many more people maybe claiming Jesus uh, than than you've been told, uh, that we need to be more tolerant, that we need to be more fair. Really, what deconstruction ends up looking like is, as I say, an on-ramp to leftism. It's an attack on biblical authority and, really, the Christian faith itself.
1: I mean, Paul, I mean, he says that we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So this whole idea of of taking the faith, analyzing it, looking at it, how our lives measure up to it, I mean, that's the process in which we are told to go through— So from a standpoint of their claimed underlying premise, I I agree with. But I think the difference is the ultimate authority is not our feelings. Our ultimate authority is Scripture. And so we can't meld and bend Scripture to meet what we want to be the outcome. Rather, we have to allow our lives to be transformed to match the standard that God has set.
0: Yeah, that's right. Basically, any church worth its salt— is going to teach you that you need to not conform to yourself or to the world, but you need to conform to the scripture and specifically to the image of Jesus Christ. So that's a good thing. That's a, that's a wonderful biblical pursuit. That's what every Christian is seeking to do by the grace of God in them. Deconstruction sounds similar But what it actually executes is something quite different. It encourages you not so much to be conformed to the image of Christ, but to be conformed to the image of your own self-chosen faith. So you become the master of your faith. It encourages you to be to become the arbiter of what is true and what you think is best about the Christian faith. We should always be seeking to think about our lives and our beliefs in light of scripture. Acts 17, 17. That's what the Bereans did. They heard of the apostles and considered them according to Scripture. That's biblical. Deconstruction is is actually something very different. It's you taking uh, the the imperatives of leftism and, and you making yourself the judge of your own faith, the arbiter of what you think is true. And that's what's pulling many young people in particular, Tony, away from the Christian faith. Deconstruction is not sound. Deconstruction will ultimately lead to destruction itself.
1: Well, and the, the results of the deconstructionist movement is self-evident to what you just said because, I mean, when you look at it, the, what we see happening, in fact, kind of the, the, what I have found to be the trigger, if you will, is where they cannot mesh these cultural holdings such as same-sex marriage and LGBT. There's no compatibility with scripture, so you've got to jettison that. Well, then we find all of a sudden hell's gone. Uh, Then we move into this universalism, and then the ultimate path is being agnostic or atheist because there's nothing left.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, This movement often takes its cues from the LGBTQ revolution, and it starts students, in particular young people in high school and college, 20-somethings, on that path of thinking that, their parents' church—I keep using that phrase, but it's its relevant here—has put them on the wrong path, a path of hatred and exclusionary intolerance. And the deconstructionists are, in truth, they say, offering our young people a way out of that world where they can truly accept the biblical God who's a loving God, who accepts all people, who affirms all people, who doesn't judge anyone. W- what we need to know is that this is just the uh, trappings of universalism in, in a new clothing uh, scheme. This mm-hmm. is this is new clothes for an old heresy. And so if you're in a church, if you're a father or mother hearing this program in some form, you need to know that the deconstructionists are after your children. It's either sound doctrine that is going to get our children by the grace of God, or it is liberal, leftist, uh, unbiblical garbage that is going to get our children. And we've seen one I mean, celebrity... Deconversion after
1: another. I mean it, it almost go back to, to the to the New Testament church with Gnosticism where there's this hidden knowledge that they discover outside the, the Word of God. All right, um, I, I don't like to talk about a problem unless we present a solution. And, and I would say our culture is at an acute crisis moment. and this is not a time to panic. It's not a time to wring our hands. It's not a time to hide under the table. Uh, This is a time to take bold, decisive action, and I think the Bible lays it out very clearly for us. If we look at what, even in the Old Testament, where where Moses, uh, leading the children of Israel into the Promised Land, repeatedly challenged and modeled for the parents what they were to do, and that was to teach their children. In fact, I was discussing this with my my kids yesterday at uh, Sunday dinner about we're to be consumed when you're sitting in the house, when you're walking in the way, when you're lying down, when you're rising up, we're to be consumed with teaching our children who God is, what he has done, and what he expects from us. And if we allow or think the public schools are going to do that, the entertainment industry is going to do that, or even our churches are going to do that, We're going to end up right where we are now, with our children who are walking away from the faith in this deconstructionist movement.
0: Yeah, exactly. Welcome to Ground Zero, where it can feel like there are very, very few partners left with us uh, who will help us, genuinely help us disciple and educate our children in the Christian faith. So what that means is exactly what you said. It means that every father and mother has to recommit themselves by the grace of God to this holy task. We must not think that public school educators, or in some cases, Tony, even Christian school educators, Christian colleges, Christian universities, whatever it may be, are trustworthy and sound. Instead, we have to take our kids to the word of God and put their feet on the solid rock of the Word of God, because everything else is sinking sand. So that means that we've all got to redouble our efforts here. And then it means that we've got to search out a sound biblical church uh, as as much as we can and and hopefully find one. And then we've got to point our kids to that sound ministry of the Word because there is not a lot of solid rock kind of uh, foundation left in our world. That's a bad thing. But as you say, rightly, that's also an opportunity here's the thing. The market for truth has never been higher. It's at a premium. So uh, those who teach their children, those who have a strong biblical ministry in a church or at at a parachurch organization or a Christian school, college, whatever it may be, they only stand out all the more. And so we should funnel our children and our funding and our prayers in the direction of those who are taking a stand for the word of God, because God is always going to bless that. And here's some good news. The cause of Jesus Christ is going to win.
1: Yeah, and when we're talking about it, we're not talking about this esoteric, um, you know, just academic view of the Word of God. And all of that has its place, but it's the application of God's Word to the world in which we live into our own lives. Uh, you know, Owen, you spend a lot of time, you're training up the next generation of leaders. What would you say to pastors and their role in this at this moment?
0: Yeah, I would say just know how long the knives are That are out for the children in your congregation, in particular, those who are in high school and those who are in college and and so on it goes. Know that whatever sense there may have been in years past of what sociologists call a neutral world in America, a kind of naked public square where everything's neutral that's basically gone at least in a lot of places in America. And yeah. so your ministry as a pastor is all the more vital and you need to double down on equipping the next generation. It is zero hour for the next generation.
1: Absolutely. This is not the time to hold back. This is a time for for the shepherds, the pastors to to shepherd their flocks and protect them from the the evils that are out there trying to destroy uh, our children, our families, and in even the faith—if they could—you're right, they can't, but they're going to give it their best shot. Dr. Owen Strand, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Appreciate you, Tony. Thank you, folks. Look, you got to be intentional about this, and I—and I, and I want to encourage you: if you're not a part of our Bible reading plan, join us. Do it as a family. The, the feedback we're getting from families doing this together is remarkable. And it's strengthening their faith. It's emboldening the family. And our children need to be exposed to this, And they need to see it as a priority in our own lives. So find out more. Go to TonyPerkins.com or FRC.org slash Bible. And by the way, be sure and uh, go to TonyPerkins.com and send that petition of thanks to Governor DeSantis where he's standing up. We all have to do our part to stand up for truth in this hour. Folks, so so good to have you with us. Tune in again tomorrow for more Washington Watch. Until then, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing.